Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome back for another episode of the Art of Giving a Damn podcast. My guest today is Samantha Siffring. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Samantha. Thanks so much for having me. I am excited to be here. I'm excited to have this conversation. I think uh, listeners are going to find a lot of value and a lot of maybe new perspectives in what you've got to share. So just by way of introduction real quick, you own tbhcoach.com where you are a business consultant and coach for moms with online businesses. You actually started out as a coach after struggling to to find your own identity you know, after you became a mom. And I know we're going to talk about that some. And you're passionate now about helping other moms build businesses from home and balance entrepreneurship with motherhood, which as anybody listening knows who is trying to do both, that is a challenge to step up and balance those two things. You are the host of the Badass Mother podcast, great name, <laughs> a mom of three, an over-volunteerer and a travel lover. And you met your husband while studying abroad in college. You guys love to take your kids on epic adventures. So uh, now that we know a little bit about you, let's just kind of dive in and get started. So tell me a little bit about your story and how you ended up in the business you're in today. Yeah, so you mentioned kind of the link between my business and motherhood. Those things go together. So I actually... I'm trained as a therapist. I have my master's in counseling, um, but had some, you know, various things happen when my first child was born. I was struggling with postpartum mental illness. I just moved across the country, um, feeling pretty isolated from any friends um, and home with a newborn baby for the first time ever. And yeah, so it was a real shift. Um, And like I said, I kind of lost myself in that. And it took a while to rediscover that, you know, a couple more babies later and experimenting (laughs) with what kind of careers you could do from home with kids. Before I discovered coaching. So I actually met another therapist who had started an online life coaching agency and she specifically hired therapists, Hmm. trained them to be coaches, and then gave them clients. So she hired me. Yeah, I worked for her for a couple years before I decided to branch out on my own. And I started as a life coach on my own. And then about a year in, shifted into business coaching, really wanting to help other moms to do what I had done, you know, find that really fulfilling and profitable career that they could do from home. 
Yeah. I think there's a lot of, a lot of moms, a lot of parents who want to find that thing they can do from home. And it's really, it's always fascinating to me to hear how people have taken whatever the career they originally had was for you. It was therapy and move that into uh, something else that they get that flexibility they're looking for. Um, So that's really cool that that's your background. Is it something that you feel like, uh, was it like an easy decision for you to transition into that or did it take you a while to figure it out? It took me a long time to figure it out. And I think looking back on all of the steps in my career, it's really easy to see the path. But when I was going through it forward, it was not easy to know what I was supposed to be doing, um, what I was meant to be doing, you know, all these questions about your purpose and that kind of thing. I just felt like, I don't even know. Like I said, I'm an over volunteer. So I've always volunteered. A lot of the work that I've done with that has been mentoring young women. Um, which now it's like, well, of course, all of these things go together. But at the time I was like, how do I monetize this? Um, how do I build a career from this? Um, and if anybody who has tried to figure out how to make money from home has seen all of the weird opportunities available <laughs> online, very true. <laughs> many of them. Um, and so lots of like sales and that kind of stuff. Um, Okay. Etsy shop that I attempted, you know, all these different things that we try. So cool. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because when I get to talking to people, guests on the show, clients, others at business conferences, and we actually have that really honest conversation of how many things did you try before you figured out where you really fit? I'm like, I used to have a shop. I sold handmade jewelry. I've done like so many things over the years and people are like, really? Because it just doesn't make sense to them. But Sometimes when you're getting started, you're just kind of throwing things out there to figure out what can I actually do. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's interesting because I think that kind of progression, it gives you a different perspective on things and allows you to, I mean, bring even more value when you are working with clients that are in different industries. And it's funny because when you look at somebody else's path, and I know you as a coach, I'm sure do this all the time, you can look at somebody and go, okay. I see this talent, this gift, this education you have. Here's how you can use it. And one of the best business coaches I ever worked with that like pushed me through a lot of mindset issues. Her background was therapy. She had her PhD in like psychology and all of this stuff. And I know it was so useful because she could bring a different perspective to what it was that I was stuck on in business. Yeah. I think so much in business is mindset stuff and most of my clients who work with me one-on-one do that because of my therapy background. They're like, I knew I wanted a therapist as my (laughs) business coach. And those things don't, to me, seem to go hand in hand, but for my clients, it makes total sense. And they know that's what they want. It totally does. And I know this is one of the things you talk about on your website is this idea that, that so many of us get stuck because we know, like, theoretically or or logically, we know the next thing we need to do, but fear or something else holds us back from actually being able to take those steps and just go do it. And so the business doesn't grow. We don't get things in place because we're stuck there. And that's not a logic your way out of it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about that 
for a minute, because I know that's one of the areas that you do work with clients a lot in. What advice do you give them when you can see, okay, what's really holding them back in business right now is fear? Yeah, so we will talk through that a lot. You know, like when I see that that's what's going on, they are often not asking me, how do I get over my fear? You know, I have a lot of clients, especially when they first start working with me, who Mm -hmm. just feel like there's got to be one more piece of information Mm -hmm. that I don't yet know. (laughs) So they will continue to ask questions like, but what do I still not know about how to get clients? And I'm like, you know all there is to know about getting clients because it's very simple. It's not easy, but it is really simple. So the first step is kind of like reassuring. You have all of the pieces, Mm. but for some reason you're still not taking the action. What's going on there? So we will usually dive into finding the thoughts that are creating fear in them and then addressing those. And it is a variety of reasons. Like, Some people are afraid to be successful. Some are afraid to be seen. Some are afraid of failing. Um, You know, some are afraid of selling. There's so many different reasons that they could have that fear. There really are. And I think I have achieved like expert level status with making excuses. Mm -hmm. I just need to get this one more thing in place. Try this one more thing. And it really does usually come back to some sort of fear that I'm allowing to hold me back. And one of the things that I struggle with is figuring out that it's almost like a game, like which fear is it that's in my way right now? Yeah. Can you speak to that for a minute? And like, how do you help your clients sort through whether it is fear of being seen, fear of failure, fear, fear of success? Like, how do you help them identify? Because it, it's hard when you're inside it to step outside and see that. Right. So I actually have a process that I take my clients through where they are doing daily thought work. So they are just making a note of what they're thinking each day. Just sit down for like five minutes. It does not have to be some elaborate lengthy thing. I know we're all short on time and nobody wants to sit down and journal for multiple hours or if they are that person, they don't need to be told to journal. So I have my clients sit down, just fill a page with stream of consciousness, no expectations of what's going to be there, but they'll often discover in that the thoughts that are holding them back in that moment. And then from there, we can work on the thought. We have to have the awareness first and that like brain dump type thing I found is the best way to figure out what it is. That makes a lot of sense. You know, one of the things I appreciate about your approach as I kind of looked through your website and listened to a few episodes of your podcast was you don't sugarcoat things. Like you've got right on there, life as an entrepreneur is hard. And a lot of people, a lot of coaches I see, they're like, no, it's easy. You're just going to follow these steps and everything's going to be awesome. And especially if you're juggling business and family, it's not that simple. Yeah. You know, something that I have really started to think about lately as I look at the online entrepreneur space and the voices that I am exposed to in that space, a lot of female coaches, um, the two coaches I work with, one makes a million dollars a year, one is a multimillionaire, Mm -hmm. and they both say it is hard. Yeah. The coaches that I see out there who are saying it is not hard are making about 300,000 a year. Um, And to me, it's just like, who do I want to listen to? Who do I want to emulate in my business? And maybe it's okay for it to be hard work. I enjoy the steps that I take to grow my business. 
growing my mind, growing my beliefs is what is the really hard work for me. And what I find is the work that I'm going to have to do to continue to get to the next level. Yeah. You know, I love both that filter that you're kind of looking at things through and just the honesty of it. I mean, I remember one of the first business coaches I worked with um, used to say, if you want to grow as a person, start a business, because yeah. that really is the hard part of it. The, the, the more challenging work is growing yourself, is kind of letting go of who you think you are so that you can focus on, okay, who do I want to be or who do I need to become to step into that? And, and I'm with you on the um, kind of levels as far as who you're listening to. I don't know anybody with a multi-million dollar business that would tell you it was snap your fingers, push a button, easy. Mm-mm. It's not, but they all will tell you it was worth it mm-hmm. because they're doing what they really feel like they're here to do or what they really want to do. And that's what motivates me when I hear, you know, it is, it is hard work. It's not easy, <laughs> yeah. but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I, I just think that that's a really good point to think about who has what you want, yeah. you know, and, and it's okay if it's not the multi-million thing. I think we all want different things. And I just encourage people to look at what is your reason for wanting the thing that you want. And it might be fear. You might be holding yourself back even in the goals you set. So I um, really like the advice of, you know, if the goal makes you feel a little sick to your stomach, it might be the right goal. (laughs) Yes, that's such a hard perspective, but such a valuable one to keep in mind. Well, let's talk about your podcast for a minute. I love the title of it. First of all, when I saw that come through in my form, I'm like, oh, I got to check this one out. Uh, what inspired you to start it? And how did you come up with that name? <laughs> <laughs> so I have wanted to have a podcast for a really long time. I've been listening to podcasts for, I don't know, five or six years. Oh, wow. Okay. And and I always thought I want to have a podcast, but what is really funny is I first thought, I don't know what my message would be. My second thought was I really hate my voice. Um, and no one would listen to a podcast with my voice. Mm. And then in the months leading up to me starting my podcast, I started thinking, well, it doesn't really matter what my voice is. Like there's a lot of weird voices out there. on podcasts. <laughs> It'll be fine. That's very and true. I, so that's true. But I also started getting people saying, you have the best voice. I want to listen to you talk all the time. You should have a podcast. And I was like, where did this come from? All of a sudden, everyone loves my voice. <laughs> so I decided I'm just going to do it. At this point, I had my business. Things were going well. So I had a good idea of what I would be talking about. And then as far as the name, it was just the first thing that popped into my mind. And then I thought, this is surely taken because this is such a good name. But it wasn't taken. So I was like, I better start this podcast now before somebody else launches this badass mother podcast. I love that. So it kind of motivated you to get it, get it out there. (laughs) It's cool. So let's, let's talk about it for a minute. And for those who are listening on, on iTunes or on your phone, you can find it. If you just search the badass mother podcast, Uh, if you're watching this on video or on the website, you'll find a link below the video or in the show notes where you can check it out. Um, I listened to quite a few episodes of it. And one that really caught my attention was 34. And that one was, I think about a month or, or, or so ago, you did an episode about, balancing everything. 
And I know that's a challenge for almost everybody I talk to, especially if they have kids or have a family. Um, Mine are grown, but when I had them at home with me, that was like the biggest challenge when you have kids. And I was homeschooling, so that was like a whole other level of trying to find balance. Um, And so I know that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Like, how did you find that balance? And what do you do that keeps you from going insane when you're trying to manage those different things? Yeah. So how I found it was trial and error, like the same way I find every answer. <laughs> hey, that works. You no. Know, <laughs> yeah. You think you know what might work. So you try it and then you make changes. So that was kind of step one for me. Um, and then the way that I maintain really is having lots of help and knowing when it's time to outsource. Mm. So the first couple things I did, I got some childcare help. Um, Back when I started my business, I didn't have all my three kids in school. Now they're all in school. So now it's like a free-for-all for for me during the week. We're in school and I can work that whole time with no interruptions. But initially, (laughs) I had to invest in some help. I had to ask people for help, you know, in the family and that kind of thing, which was not easy for me to ask for help. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough one for a lot of us. So what advice would you give somebody who's listening to this and going, yeah, of course I need help but they don't know how to ask. I actually have an episode about asking for help. (laughs) Oh, I gotta find that one. Yeah, it's an early one. Um, So I just recommend listen to that, take notes, and really it comes down to setting your ego aside and just doing it and recognizing we're not meant to do it all on our own and there's no shame in asking for help. And the more money you make, the more you can just delegate things you don't like. That's the phase I'm in now where it's like, this is great. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, I I think that's, that's something that we seem to be kind of almost pre-programmed with, especially as women, this idea that we shouldn't be asking for help. We should be able to handle it all on our own. And there's some kind of, I don't know, I've heard it called superwoman syndrome or, or that kind of thing. And it is tough to go against that and go, no, not only do I need help, but it's okay that I want help and I deserve that. Mm-hmm. Superwoman syndrome. I have not heard that. <laughs> I think I suffer. <laughs> yeah. I, I think a lot of us do. Um, I found the episode, by the way. It's episode 15 for anyone listening who wants some ideas on how to ask for help. Uh, and I love what you wrote in the show notes here. Newsflash, being perfect is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and we do. I think we all strive for that. Like, I can do it all on my own, and, and we can't. We can't and we shouldn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I, I totally agree with that and love it. And so I think that first step is asking for help and kind of getting over that. And then you get into that great place where you can start paying people to handle things you don't want to do, like clean your house and <laughs> deliver your groceries and that kind of thing. Um, and now I'm in a place in my business where I am hiring people to handle things that I do like doing, but I have to free up the time for money-making activities. Like I've just hit that point and there's just new levels of like having to shift your mindset around, but I want to manage my Facebook group. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about that for a minute because I know a lot of people uh, have questions about that. How do you decide which pieces to delegate and when? 
So initially when I started delegating, like I said, it was household things because that just freed up my time of things I didn't want to do that. Then it was like, oh, if I'm not cleaning my house, then I can actually spend more time on growing my business. So this makes sense to me. I think always you should have that mindset around, am I freeing up my time and paying somebody less than I could be, you know, making during that time? So that was kind of my criteria. At first, it started with home tasks, then it came to business tasks. So I have a podcast producer instead of me fighting with my editing and that kind of okay. thing. He does it and I'm very happy to support her and her business in that. Then I kind of got into some of the social media management, um, things that were time consuming or things I didn't like. Um, and then I reached a point, you know, just in the past month or so where I started to say, okay, my week is starting to feel a little hectic and out of control. So what am I going to do about this? So I really, you know, like looked through what are the obligations I have to clients? How many hours does that take a week? How many hours do I ideally want to be working? And what is that gap in between? What are the things I'm trying to shove in there that feel like they're not fitting right now? Uh, so that's when I realized, oh, the Facebook group, that's the thing that takes a lot of time Okay. that um, I need to be freeing up for coaching and marketing, you know, those things that I can do and no one else can do for me in my business. Right. Right. And that's actually, in some ways, it's kind of a blow to our egos, I think, when we look at what is it that's actually required of us? Like, what are the things only we can do? Because we want to think we're necessary to all the pieces, and sometimes we're not. I'm actually wondering, how did you set that up where you're delegating your Facebook group to someone else? Like, what conversations did you have? Because I know as we grow, the social media piece can just, like, eat up time. And I've talked to a lot of people. I'm sure some people listening are thinking, I can never let go of that piece. How would somebody else know what I want done? Yeah. So she actually has already been managing my Instagram and Pinterest for Uh several months. So I had already kind of vetted her through that. I was getting feedback from friends who were like, I'm seeing you on Pinterest. I'm everywhere. Instagram. I know it's not you, but she's doing a great job. It sounds like you. Um, So I had already kind of gotten that feedback from other people. So when I made this decision, I just said, hey, is this something you do? Let's kind of talk about it. And I decided to delegate to her, again, the things Mm -hmm. that, I don't have to be doing. So there's things that I have to do in my Facebook group because it is a place that most of my clients come from at this point. So like yeah. Facebook lives, I'm not going to be delegating. I am obviously <laughs> doing well, I, mean, I don't know. They're getting pretty good with CGI these days, but I don't, I don't know how that would work for <laughs> Yeah. I'm not quite there yet. And then, um, I, I do posts, you know, like I'll like write an inspirational post I just have these like bolts of inspiration. So then I'll write a post. I do a couple of those a day. And a lot of times I just have like a burst of ideas. So I'll be able to schedule out several days at a time, that kind of thing of those inspiration type posts or sales type posts. Um, But in that group, there's some other things like daily prompts that are the same every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Welcome messages, vetting new members deleting spam when people join and then are actually a spammer, (laughs) 
those that's, that's something somebody else could handle. <laughs> exactly. So those are the things that she is going to be handling for me. And I know like for the daily prompts, she knows my voice now. She's been writing in my voice for several months. So I know that she can do a good job with those. The welcome message, copy and paste, you know, and yeah. So it was just getting to be a large volume of requests yeah. every day and that kind of thing that those things were taking time that now is off my plate again. Right. So you can focus on the client stuff, which that only you can do. Yes. Gotcha. Very cool. So you mentioned, and I know people are wondering this, you mentioned a lot of your clients come from your Facebook group. So Mm -hmm. walk us through that process. And if your Facebook group is open, I would love to know how we can find it. Yeah. So it's called Online Business Building Mamas. Okay. All women are welcome to join you know, if they're okay cool. being in a group called mamas, I, I say in the description, like cat mom, dog mom, plant mom, like whatever you are, you're welcome here. So, um, nice. it's a loose definition. So inside that group, like I said, there's daily prompts. I encourage a lot of networking and relationship building among people in the group. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also just show up in their daily and provide a lot of value. So I'll do free trainings. I'll do Q&As. I'll bring in guest experts and write inspirational posts. And really, my philosophy is to give all my best stuff for free. So that's where that happens. I love that because I think a lot of times when the social media thing isn't working for people, it's because they're not really putting value out there. They're afraid to share, like you said, some of the best stuff you've got. And I kind of, I laugh when I see like coaching questionnaires and things before you get on the phone with somebody like, are you ready to invest X number of dollars? Well, no, I don't know you yet. (laughs) Let's have a conversation first. And I think social media can really help with that because if you're putting that kind of valuable content out there, people can get an idea of not just what your knowledge base and your expertise are, but what it would be like to work with you because they understand your personality, the way you think. In your case, it's very motivational and inspirational. And that's something that really does help people break through fears and really just feel like, okay, I can do this and I have somebody in my corner who's cheering for me. Mm-hmm. And you are right. I think that social media is a really good opportunity to figure out if you want to work with someone or not. Every coach I've ever hired, I have like binge listened to their podcast. I've watched every Facebook Live or YouTube or whatever that they have out there. Yep. And I know if I want to work with them or not. Like I'm not just like hopping on a consult with a stranger as the potential client. Um, And I can see it in the questionnaires that I get when people want to work with me. Um, You can tell if they've been following me or not. And you can tell when they get on. Like sometimes my consult is, I've been following you. I already know what you're about. How do I sign up for this? (laughs) That's the kind of phone calls I like. You know, it's funny because I've had conversations with clients where they get so discouraged. They think they're bad at sales or they think that nobody's interested in what they do. And I'm like, you are not talking to the right people, first of all. And second of all, your marketing is not doing its job because they should be pre-sold before they even get on the phone with you to where it is that easy of a conversation of not why should I work with you, but okay, how do we get started? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Sometimes people have more questions and that kind of thing. And I'm really comfortable with sales. I did door-to-door sales for a while, so... I'm not afraid of a sales conversation, but (laughs) it's nice when they just already know. 
The last time I did door-to-door sales, I was in fourth grade and it was Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) See, and that's something people actually want. (laughs) That was easy to sell, right? I mean, who's going to say no to a cute little kid with a box of cookies? Uh, It would be great if business marketing worked the same way. It would. Like, you know, I am. it I have really does. You want. <laughs> yeah, when you do it right, it really can be like that. Mm-hmm. Minus the yeah. uniform. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, no uniform. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, looking at, at what you do today and what your business has kind of evolved into, because you've done a lot of different things over the years, what's your favorite part of what you do right now? My favorite part it's kind of a tie between the conversations I have with clients that are really powerful Mm -hmm. and creating content and putting things out there directly from my heart, just out into the world and getting to be me and having people love that, you know, isn't that, I feel like that's everyone's dream. (laughs) Yeah. No, it really is that idea of just, you could show up as yourself, share what you know, share what, what your expertise is with clients and it works to build a business. Yeah. Sometimes I'm still astonished that it actually works. Um, I like, especially this time of the month, like at the beginning of a month when I've just run the numbers from the prior month and it's like, Oh my gosh, I really, this is what I do. I put myself out there show up as the real me all the time. I'm an extrovert. So I'm already just like, I'm happy to be in all the places all the time being myself. And then I get on the phone and talk to people that I really enjoy and love. Mm -hmm. um, And they then get results and make tons of money. And then at the end of the month, I discover I'm making really good money doing these things. It's like, how, how is this real? You know, I think that's, that's when life is the best is when, it really almost feels like it's a dream and you've managed to create that reality. Yep. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for coming on the podcast, Samantha. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me here. This was awesome. I really enjoyed our conversation. Hopefully it gave some food for thought and inspiration to the listeners. Absolutely. So for those of you listening who would like to know more about Samantha, you can find her at our website at samanthasiffring.com. That's S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A-S-I-F-F-R-I-N-G.com. And there'll be a link somewhere near where you're listening or watching this episode today. You can also find her podcast uh, on iTunes or anywhere else podcasts are. It's called the Badass Mother Podcast. Uh, Give it a listen. Thank you again, Samantha. For everybody listening, please be sure you rate, review, subscribe to the show, and come back soon for another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn.